Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Uh, Jamie, I need some counselling Okay, good. Uh, and I think you can help me out with this because I know you've experienced the same thing, not under the same circumstances, but you know, you've experienced the same thing. And hey, I'm embarrassed to talk to you about this, but uh, but yeah, I I, I I started and finished watching Chernobyl this week, and ah. it was the wrong time to watch that show, my friend. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I can I can help you through this. Um, um, <laughs> As, as, oh. we discussed, as we discussed last week, Al, pre-Russia was a very different place. Oh. But <laughs> also very, think... si- but also very similar to our own places. This is this is the scary thing, Jamie. It was scary when yes. it was a metaphor about climate change. It's worse when it's just the same thing is happening now. Um, um, yeah. Uh, quick to any listeners who actually want to uh, watch Chernobyl, just hit the skip thirty seconds button now. I can't believe they fucking killed the dogs. There's that episode oh. where I'm just like, they're not going to kill the dogs, right? Surely they're not going to kill the dogs. And then they kill the fucking dogs. It's absolutely ridiculous. Here's the weird thing. And you're not even a dog lover, right? You're, you're mainly a cat lover. You, you love yeah. cats. I think are your primary animals. And Alyssa and I definitely We dog have people. about 10 seconds until the people need sure. more spoilers. Basically, although we love dogs, we really don't get why people are so obsessed with the dogs in this TV show. Oh, no. Especially so when... Sad. Okay, shut the fuck up! (laughs) Radiation poisoning is bad, guys. (laughs) Welcome back. Uh, Welcome back, dear listeners uh, who skipped 30 seconds and didn't want the uh, Chernobyl spoilers. Uh, You missed out on a a very non-essential part of this podcast. And you could probably skip to the next 30 seconds because you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say hello and welcome to Hanks Bank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Lockson and with me, as always, is my co-host, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al Gillespie. Uh, during university, um, when it was late at night and I was in bed and Alyssa was in bed and it was about one in the morning, I would sometimes turn to her and tell her the fact that we are actually now as close to nuclear Armageddon as we were, if not closer, in the 1980s. Al, mm-hmm. we have a cold open for a reason. Before I say the, the the catchphrase at the beginning of the show, we talk about whatever we talk about. And then uh-huh. I say my catchphrase at the beginning of the show, and then we yes. start a new conversation. That has been the structure of this show since, uh, I was about to say day one, but more like episode uh, four or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, okay. So two things. One, my catchphrase is not, nuclear Armageddon is going to kill us all. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Uh, two, just, I mean, go again. just go your... again. Just go again. Just go again. Just go again. Go again. I've got a catchphrase. Welcome to Hanks Back, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Logson, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Hello, Al! There we go. Now he's learned the format of the show. We're mm. only, what, oh, I think we're at 60, 70 episodes in now, something like that. Um, and and yeah, and finally, you're you're learning how this show works. Um, interesting fun fact for you that I learned this week, Alexander. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by this week, I mean uh, four hours ago. Um, we have 20 episodes left. Oh, we God. have 20 more Tom Hanks credits. Admittedly, 
it probably would have been a few more episodes than that because he had uh, quite a few films slated to come out in the year 2020 that are definitely not going to come out anymore. Uh, he still has his film Greyhound, which might be releasing on Apple TV Plus sometime this year. So mm. maybe we'll have 21 episodes. Uh, but yeah. I would say we are definitely in the third act of, of, uh, of Hank's Bank, which is quite scary. Yes, I mean, of course, uh, now returns the time for me to lobby for the Stream Street. Uh, yes, but, um, uh, but, but I mean, we'll we, we will continue to have... Uh, dear listeners, don't worry, this mm. this podcast will continue after we uh, exhaust Tom Hanks' IMDb. And I promise mm. you that many uh, behind-the-scenes conversations are happening. Um, but yeah, me, me and my girlfriend were, were going through lots of different people we thought um, uh, today. <laughs> Um, and I have quite a few good ideas, and I'm yeah. I'm I'm not going to say them now because I don't sure, want, I don't sure. want to speak them into uh, existence. However, I I'm not taking Street Street off the table. Okay, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm very happy to potentially go for a walk down Street yeah. Street with you, but we would then have to review the uh, Mamma Mia films together. Yeah. And I don't know <laughs> if I can do that with Come you. Come on. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Anyway, those conversations will continue. But uh, dear listeners who are loving our chronological review of Tom Hanks' entire mm-hmm. IMDb, know that we have a surprisingly few number left. That's yeah. mostly what well, if you scroll through his IMDb, there's quite a lot left on there. But we've covered a lot of them in the mini episodes, mm-hmm. and then also a lot of them are things you simply cannot watch. For example, yeah. uh, next week uh, was due to be something called Beyond All Boundaries, which is a 4D movie documentary that was made about the war and weirdly oh we can't watch things that are in 4d there were things that we like put in museums and shit um so so there's a lot of that tom hanks starts making weird fucking things yeah, after the year 2008 yeah. um aren't you looking forward to us uh reviewing electric city or whatever the fuck it's called uh mm-hmm. in a few episodes which is a 30 episode mini series all about like a post uh, like a cartoon miniseries, I believe, made about like a post climate change uh, apocalypse world that Tom Hanks God. produced and narrated. Mm-hmm. That's thirty episodes long, and we're gonna yeah. have to watch every single one of them. Um, it's 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 exciting. We've got exciting times. Don't worry. But this week we are not discussing any of those terrible things, and we're not discussing the rest last twenty episodes because we are focusing on what we're doing today. Am I mm-hmm. going too quickly? I feel like I'm getting into the film too quickly. We haven't really talked. Yeah, How are uh, you? Jamie, Jamie, well, you know, I've moved into my new flat, uh, yeah. uh, which Jamie knows because I was going to record in the living room before Jamie went, please, Al, if you do one for me, one thing for me in this lifetime, it will be to move from this room. It's too echoey. <laughs> yes, so yes, it was. Uh, I mean... I like how you brought that up because you're just trying to flex that you've got a big living mm. room. Mm. <laughs> I'll happily bring it I up ha- off podcast. <laughs> I have no possessions in my living room. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Currently, yeah, we have it- a couch and a mattress. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But I feel like that actually that that is both that that could both be a very poor person thing or a very rich person thing. I feel like but like also rich people just have like nothing in their living rooms. Except except like a weird sofa that's too uncomfortable that you mm-hmm. don't even want to really sit on and then like a fireplace. Uh, yeah, that, that, that is true. Those, those definitely... Uh, we have a fireplace also, but it doesn't work. And it's like a gas fireplace, but I can't get it to gas. So it's a bit weird. So it's just there. <laughs> you, and it looks... you can't get it to gas. Yes, the famous to gas. Art. Why will you not gas fireplace? I wish you would gas. Gas, gas, fire, gas. Uh, always a good time. 
you know, it's been an okay week, uh, largely uneventful. I, uh, for listeners to the show, I, I've got a bit of work, uh, so I'm no Yay. longer completely unemployed. So that's always great. So cheers to that. Uh, I'm not sure that this has happened to you, Jamie. It's definitely happened to me. Um, during my time in London, my relationship. Let me let me suffer in the game. My relationship with alcohol has always been, you know, a little bit interesting. In that, you know, uh, we all went to a university in Britain. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Right. So before I went to university, um, I could have a beer. I didn't really like beer. I then went to university, uh, met a dear friend of ours, Hannah, uh, who would then give me the weirdest possible beers uh, anyone could drink, and I'd be like, "This is weird. I don't like this." But what I found was because I was building my taste for beer. I had a taste for fancy beers, right? I liked IPAs, I liked ales, I liked, uh, you know, nice pills, all that kind of stuff. Didn't really like lager. And that was four years, right? I had class, I had taste. And then I moved to London with you, Jamie. And uh, London's really expensive. <laughs> and when a pint of lager costs five pounds, you'll just drink lager, thank you very much. <laughs> and so your taste goes for it. And now I'm back in Canada and uh, all alcohol is expensive here, whether it's lager or whether it's, uh, you know, fancy. And so I've gone back to the fancy stuff. But because I haven't been able to have a pint in, ooh, 12 weeks, 18 weeks, I don't even know how long we're into this, uh, my tolerance has just gone. So I, mm-hmm. I have two two IPAs, and all of a sudden I'm on the floor, and I don't know why this has happened. And anyone who's followed me uh, at owls underscore C's underscore stuff ah. uh, will know that because I tweet a load of weird shit after two beers. Ah, does that explain why, um, in preparation mm. for this podcast where you, yeah. where we are reviewing The Great Buck Howard, uh, you spent last night live-tweeting the Legally Blonde film? Yes, uh, which which I have some problems with. Of course, I will cover that when we get to, uh, you know, have a pint in the Witherspoons. The, yeah, that works. Um, <laughs> actually, that one will work. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, yes, uh, I did then proceed to uh, watch half of uh, the social network before deciding it'd be a good idea to go to sleep before I wake up early in the morning to do this. Um, yes, yes. I'm glad you were you were trying to be uh, fighting fit for this podcast. Um, uh, this week, um, uh, I I too. Uh, How are you, been, Jamie? How are you? Sorry. Uh, yeah, Sorry. yeah. No, good. Um, I too have been uh, occasionally getting drunk in quarantine uh, because oh. <laughs> what else are we gonna do? Um, and uh, this week, I uh, I I had had a few drinks and yeah. then I went to uh, I went to sleep and uh, now uh, the next day, uh, my 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 dear dear girlfriend. Um, who uh, I will reveal later has done something very nice for me for this podcast, uh, and and I'm just going to even further make it seem like she should not be with me uh, by telling this story. Um, I I'm deciding whether I Al we don't we don't um, never mind I ignore 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 me I'm uh, basically I uh, I she she told me that uh, in the middle of the night. <laughs> uh, okay. In, in the middle yes. of the night, uh, I was I was deciding whether to uh, censor this story slightly, and I've decided uh-huh. uh, uh, not to. Um, uh, in the middle of the night, uh, she was awoken uh, by me pushing her, saying, "Stop being such a cunt!" Taking all of the sheets and then going straight back to sleep. Now, very fortunately, she found this very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is very funny, but I could also be very much just have been sleeping on the sofa for the for, for the following few days. Um, so yeah, that's 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 apparently how alcohol now affects me. 
is that I, I find perceived slights against my girlfriend while I'm asleep because I do not remember doing this at all. And in fact, it may well have been. I just, that was actually a dream I was having. Um, but yes, uh, so that's that's how my week went. Uh, and I was I was very... You know when your, your girlfriend sort of says... Start, starts to tell you a story of something you did last night and you're like oh no <laughs> um uh i was i was very fortunate that she was smiling uh through that um Aww. so that's Aww. that's how my week has gone oh it's been eventful clearly yes yes uh, yeah yeah the most eventful thing to happen to me this week happened so, while i was asleep jamie of course uh shall we shall we crack into the show shall we shall, shall we crack into our content we've, we've, yeah, we've yeah, discussed yeah. So, a lot so we've touched on things yeah, yeah, so um, I'm I'm now going to uh, create what uh, what um, people in the business called uh, call a clean edit point in case oh, yeah. I later decide I want to remove that story from this podcast. <laughs> so if you could please be quiet. So of course anyone who's listened to this show before uh, knows that we uh, tell either we normally give you a little bit of historical context and then a little bit of show context. Um, we tell you a little bit of what was going on in the world at the time when this film came out, and then we give you a little bit of fun facts: who was in this film, you know, any trivia we may have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this week, uh, as has happened before, uh, I didn't really feel like doing my historical context, so my girlfriend did it for me instead. Um, that's that's the very nice thing that my girlfriend has done for me this week. Um, uh, and so I have not read this. She has emailed it to me. I am opening up that email now. Uh, and I uh, the most romantic of mediums. Yes, yes. Uh, she sent it to me from her professional email with her professional email signature uh, involved. So <laughs> this film, The Great Buck Howard, came out in the year 2008. Mm-hmm. And here is Ellen White's uh, recounting of Jamie's, uh, she's written, hysterical context, 2008. Um, 2008 was the UN International Year of the Potato, which is apt because Jamie is currently being a potato and having a nap instead of writing this historical context. Uh, I've, I believe last time this was, um, uh, Ellen wrote this with a, a fun theme of all the different things that was going on in her life at the time. Uh, I believe she may mm-hmm. have chosen this this theme to be she's going to attack me the whole way so, through. So, fun fun fact uh, about potatoes. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my cousin was dating someone who studied potatoes. And, like, I'm sure he did other things, and I'm sure it was scientifically, like, you know, more relevant than just studying potatoes. But for the next 10 years, uh, we would have an in-joke where we just turn to each other and be like, I study potatoes uh, when talking about someone's boring partner. So, yeah. Nice. Carry on. Um, it, it was also the International Year of Sanitation in 2008. Jamie has not showered today. Oh, oh <laughs> I mean, that's, Jamie, that's, set your game up, son. That, that, that is true. It also seems mean to equate sanitation to me mm. not showering. It's, that mean or jarring is an issue of sanitary danger, not just hygienic. Also, let's be honest. I think people in uh, quarantine have realised uh, how little they need to shower or they enjoy yeah. showering or they shower if they don't have to see other people. Yeah, uh, um, I, I am a very big proponent, uh, uh, very, very big fan of... Uh, I know the shower beer is what many people talk Ooh. about. I'm I'm here to tell you, Alexander, the bath beer is where it is at. Ooh, Who yeah, wants to have dude. a shower beer? You get shower water all in What's the beer, it, yeah. it gets all messed no. up. A bath, nice relaxing experience. Throw something on the laptop, have a beer. Highly recommend it. 
the bigger problem, I think, with a shower beer, of course, is that the beer itself increases in temperature, right? The, the, the shower is yeah. a cont- enclosed space, and so your beer becomes warm very fast. Now, though I'm British, and though I do claim there are some beers which are fine, warmer, of course, in the bath, your beer is never getting into the bath and therefore remains at the nice temperature of whatever it the fuck it should be, okay? Exactly. I agree with you, Jamie, 100%. I'm empowering Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Right, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm very much uh, bastardizing uh, my, my dear girlfriend's hard work here. I will return to reading it verbatim. Uh, number three, a fourth Indiana. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, a fourth Indiana Jones movie is not made and is not premiered at Cannes in May two thousand and eight. Man, wouldn't it be weird if they made a fourth Indiana Jones movie? They'd have to be careful not to fuck it up and make it out of, about a telepathic space skull. That would be really weird. I don't even know why I said that. I think I think my girlfriend might have an issue with the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Number four. Oh boy. Uh, one of the biggest cinematic events of our generation hits theatres. High School Musical 3. This is the point at which Jamie has to convince he hasn't seen the High School Musical movies, giving Ellen verbal consent to marathon them with him in at some point oh, in the near future. Oh. Jamie, Jamie, let's talk about the High School Musical films, all right? High School no, Musical please, 1, piece of, no. art, piece of art. High School Musical 2, the classification of so bad it's good, all right? It's fantastic. High School Musical 3, bigger budget, bigger sets. I appreciate what they did, but overall, it's okay. Number five, in August of 2008, Lady Gaga releases her debut album, The Fame. Ellen leaves a very cruel iTunes review. In hindsight, she doesn't know why and would like to take this opportunity to apologise not only to Lady Gaga, who she is now a very big fan of, but also the LGBTQ plus community at large. Wait a second. What did she say in this review? I don't know. I'm... This makes it uh, sound no. like she wrote some like really offensive shit. Yeah, in I, this I don't. I think, I think, I think it would be mean to go and bother her uh, right sure. now uh, after she's done all this work. But I was very much considering it. Uh, but she will listen to this podcast, and I will offer this uh, as uh, Ellen. This is your opportunity, uh, if you would like to, on next week's podcast, speak to what you said about Lady Gaga in two thousand and eight. Um, please do come on the podcast do and you- let us know. Jamie, do you remember um, the the weird like conspiracy theory such controversy? Yeah, like, that Lady Gaga had a penis. Yes, yeah, and also, yeah, I like, very distinctly do. Really ahead of her time, Lady Gaga was like, "Does it really fucking matter? No, bugger off." Yeah. Um, which you yeah. know, credit to her, Lady Gaga continually, other than uh, Sarah's Born, which I don't like, uh, you know, killing it. You know, what well done. Uh, and finally, in October two thousand and eight, Bo Obama is born. Yes, that is the Obama's dog. No, nothing else important for the Obamas happens that year, I don't think. It's a Um, (laughs) Portuguese water dog. It's a Portuguese water dog. (laughs) I have received a message from my dear girlfriend who can clearly hear me because I'm such a loud person. She would like to very much state that her mean review was not about Lady Gaga having a penis and that she just (laughs) didn't like that she used auto-tune too much. (laughs) Uh, so we've got our first ever live friends thoughts on this show uh, oh dear so that's um, uh, the guest written Ellen White version of the historical context for 2008 um, uh, also if anyone wanted to know what other films may have come out ah, uh, what other films may have come out in 2008 uh, alongside um, The Great Buck Howard we also have uh, The Dark Knight, Wally, Iron Man, Quantum of Solace, Slumdog Millionaire, Kung Fu Panda, and of course the aforementioned Mamma Mia. So quite a big uh, year for films. Oh, and there was also like a financial crisis or some bullshit. Um, anyway, yeah. Alexander, this week we are watching. We watched the Great 
Buck Howard. Now, before we give them a little bit of film context, we normally give just a short overview of the plot. Um, Basically, this is about this is starring Colin Hanks uh, as a wayward law school student who's been pressured to go to law school by his dad, uh, but doesn't want to do it and instead ends up as the assistant for a uh, not magician, very expressly not a magician, a mentalist um, who is past his time uh, and follows him around uh, around America as uh, this um, wayward uh, formerly successful uh, magician tries to get his career back on track. That's the basic uh, plot. So what can you tell me about The Great Buck Howard? So, directed by uh, Sean McGinley, written by Sean McGinley, uh, produced by Playtone, which of course is Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson's production company, which actually, yes. interestingly, goes on this year to also produce uh, Mamma Mia, uh, which I love and is a fact I'll never die, and I hope this Mamma Mia 3 and Tom Hanks can be in Mamma Mia 3, but if not, I guess I'll just die unsatisfied. Uh, starring Colin Hanks, John Malkovich, and Tom Hanks, uh, as well as... And I, I, I don't know why, but Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt is in this yes. film. Emily, Emily Blunt, Blunt is better than this um, film. Yes, Emily Blunt is the love interest. Colin Hanks yeah. is the aforementioned main character. Tom Hanks is, of course, for people who don't know, Colin Hanks is Tom Hanks' son. We've mentioned that before on this podcast. But yeah, Colin Hanks is Tom Hanks' son. They play mm. father and son in this film. John Malkovich plays the magician. Um, Adam Scott is also in it. Uh, a young yes. Adam Scott with a very dumb haircut. It's it's well, very is, fun. Is he even particularly young? I mean, when is Parks and Rec comes out in 2000s? Uh, 2010, I want to say, is when uh, Parks and Rec started. I don't started... even... I think it might be it 2009, because I know season four is the one which has the election campaign. But remember, but he, Adam, Scott, Adam, Scott wasn't, yeah, but Adam Scott wasn't in Parks and Rec until maybe no, until season, season two or three. Yeah, he's um, in the last episode or two episodes of season two, and then he's in uh, uh, the whole show from there on. Adam Scott would have been 35-ish when this, uh, when this came out. So, okay. I mean, he'd, so, he'd been around. Um, do, you, but, do you ever have that weird um, thing with actors yeah. where, like, you can simultaneously be a relatively young actor in your, like, mid-30s, but you could also be a young actor age, like, 19? And that's... Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's um, still, like, he's in Step Brothers in the same year. So he's definitely, yeah. like, on the up. My main thing is he just mm-hmm. looks young because he has a dumb as shit haircut. Uh, and oh, I say true. that as someone who basically has the exact same haircut as him, but it does not suit him at all. No. <laughs> well, it's it's in the Adam Scott roles. And I think uh, Mike Schur on The Good Place, the podcast, if you're looking for a good time and you like that show, really worth a listen, uh, talks about how kind of like, obviously in Parks and Rec, Adam Scott plays Ben White. He's very kind of nebbish. He's very sort of booky, straight man to most of the comedy yeah. going on. Um and then he has this kind of... That's like one half of his performance. And then his other half of his performance stuff is just like him being like the weirdest villain. So the kind of stepbrothers thing of being yeah, like he, yeah, he plays, jockey Yeah, he plays villainy. like a dickish... He plays a dick really well. For someone who's most famous for his role in Parks and Rec, he plays a dick mm. so well. He has like a smug smarminess to him yeah. that is fantastic. I'm also just looking at... Adam Scott is so fucking hot. I'm looking at his IMDb what? photo. He, uh, do you not think Adam Scott is hot? I'm looking at his no. IMDb photo. He is jet like I needed to remind myself after having watched this film um, that I like oh that man had a glow up him with a beard and his hair up oh any day. So, Sorry, Ellen. <laughs> I mean, conversely, I would say. Listening. My... She has just messaged me saying Adam Scott can get it um, and that she will stop interrupting. You know, if, if, I enjoy the. If we ever did 
take a pint at the Witherspoons, we'd of course see Adam Scott in Big Little Lies, in which season one, for most of it, he has a terrible bo- terrible beard and cannot get it. Uh, <laughs> um, I enjoy not. that my, my girlfriend, bless her, is like genuinely really mm. likes this podcast, but therefore listens to it twice. She listens to just my part while mm. she sits in Aww. the other room and yes. hears my shouting and then listens to it for basically just your part to hear what I was Aww. fucking shouting about. What, what I appreciate is that Alyssa also sometimes uh, hears half of this. Not today. Today she's doing the Elsa somewhere. But um, uh, also... Uh, listens to it but but specifically 14 weeks later yes oh yeah i was gonna say is is Alyssa still wildly behind on the podcast well you know of course this is an update on uh, Alyssa watch or anyone who is here solely for Alyssa content welcome to Alyssa watch uh the the podcast within a podcast where we solely review Alyssa reviewing this show <laughs> uh, i know recently she listened to the episode with miles in it so she's seen the carly ray jepson episode so that's that's in our run of mini so so that's somewhere somewhere around january so yeah. she's she's like a solid four or five months behind months on behind. this podcast yeah. still. Pretty much. Um, uh, I was told specifically it's the podcast where uh, you ask the question, uh, "What are you going to do? What are you going to be doing at this point in Canada?" And I say, "I don't know. It'll probably be midnight." So fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Um, um, do you have any yes, more so, fun facts about the Great Buck Howard? Uh, so it's it's vaguely based on reality, right? So the yes, writer yeah. Sean McGinley, uh, who I got confused for, John. John McGinley, who's in Scrubs, uh, yes. but he's not the same guy, um, was actually the stage manager, so the kind of Connell Hanks role, for a uh, mentalist called the Amazing Kreskin, who, uh, similar to Buck Howard, and on, he gets credited in the movie, he gets thanked as being the basis yeah, for this. Right, yeah, at the very end, yeah. At the very end, um, did appear on the Carson show like 61 times, uh, but unlike Buck Howard, seems to have had some level more success, uh, you know, he did appear in the 1980s on uh, Letterman, the Howard Stern show. Uh, he also, he became, the, in 2009, he was the first guest to make three appearances on a Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. He kind of worked fairly consistently to this day, you know, making predictions every year on CNN, things like that. His kind of big bit, seemingly, was uh, actually a central bit to this movie where yeah. um, he would take the check for his performance um, on that show and he would have someone in the audience hide it somewhere. He would go off somewhere else and that kind of thing. Uh, I believe in his career he failed to find it like 12 times. Which yeah, is, um, having done it like, I think it's something like 4,000 times is how many times yeah. he claimed to do it and, and failed uh, only only a few. Um, yeah. And, but, key, well, we'll get into how, how mm-hmm. that differs. Um, but yeah, this is based on some apparently some famous mentalists i thought darren brown was the only one but apparently there's another one uh jamie um, have you not watched the great uh detective show the mentalist oh man let me tell you what that is a show to watch guys that gets the rare our thumbs up the rare our thumbs up you like lots of things that are bad hey whoa <laughs> that's not bad it's just long uh, you know, I like lots of good things too. I like lots of things, Jamie. I don't like the definitions <laughs> I of have, good I and have or bad. I have opinions. I have passions. Um, have you got anything more for me, or shall we get into this film? Uh, let's get into this film. Great. So, uh, as you, uh, ha- I've noticed without really, uh, really ever making it into a defined uh, bit, mm. but a thing that you have started to do as a bit anyway. You say, as all good films start. This film starts 
with a montage. Uh, we have. <laughs> um, so uh, this film is heavily narrated by Colin Hanks, and this starts uh, right at the beginning. Oh, uh, it basically is him setting yeah. out um, uh, the entire just just exposition dump, setting up who uh, he is. He is uh, a man who went to law school but mm-hmm. wasn't enjoying. His dad said from a kid he wanted him to go to law school, and then yeah. he went to law school, and then he went didn't enjoy it so he left law school and he found he could do anything and this is being done through like showing checklists and there's a sort of Mm -hmm. graphics turning up on screen it's sort of a motif that they don't then uh, stick to but then they use those checklists to also show like the cast and whatever Uh, and we get Colin Hanks you know going around being a lawyer and then Uh going and being in the barista I think he goes to a coffee shop and then there's a fun little joke about like all sure. the different careers that people have and all the ones he could have. And then mm. it has uh, actor in quotation marks above the barista. Um, and oh. it's, it's very offensive. I, I felt very attacked. Um, uh, but yeah, he basically it just goes through all of that and then just goes, and then yeah. I ended up meeting the great Buck Howard. I never knew I would meet the great Buck Howard, but this is how mm. I did it. Um, yeah. And so he goes to a restaurant and meets with uh, John Malkovich as the great Buck Howard. It is clear that he has no clue who the Great Buck Howard is. And the nope. Great Buck Howard goes, oh, do you know, have you not heard of me? I was on the, the is it the late show? The, the car show. Yeah, I was on the late show. What? With cars. Uh, no, the, late, the Tonight Show? No, it's the Tonight Show. The Tonight Show. The Tonight, the tonight Show. show yeah. cause, cause the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And he go, yeah. he very specifically goes, oh, you've got to say that with Johnny Carson because it's not with that dickhead that does it now, uh, which is referring to Jay Leno. Yeah, um, and they basically say we need a tour manager someone who's going to come around and just be with him while he goes from theatre to theatre doing his uh, trick um, yeah. he uh, in the first we go to the first uh, mm. theatre on the way to the first theatre we meet Adam Scott who yeah, is like the a... stage manager of the show yeah so um, he's basically the current uh, oh is it I think publicist? he's the current stage manager I, I can't tell yeah. that was I slightly like confusing stage manager right? and publicist because I think he is I think it's technically him who is replaced with Emily Blunt. Technically, that w- that would make sense. But he's he's doing the stage manager role here. Yes, um, uh, Adam Scott with his terrible haircut. They're in the taxi. There is also a man who is doing like a piece for a magazine mm-hmm. on um, uh, on him. He does uh, his first. We see the first magic trick that he does. Although it's yeah. not magic, he's not a magician. Whatever. Uh, where he gives a coin to the guy uh, and says, "I'm going to start counting. I've written down uh, a number." Um, I'm going to start counting whatever you feel mm-hmm. compelled to drop the coin uh, he counts yeah. to three drops it on three reveals the piece of paper says three magic what? Um, uh, we go to the theatre it turns out that uh, the great Buck Howard's kind of uh, a demanding personality he wants yeah. very specific things at the theatre and, mm-hmm. and they didn't have them they didn't have the brandy uh, it turns what? out also Adam Scott's also a dick um, <laughs> well, everyone's kind Adam of Scott a dick is- in this Sure, Adam Scott's sort of like put upon. It, you know, the, the Great Buck Howard is like very verbally awful. There are lots of scenes where like there'll be things like Buck Howard will tell him to get like a coloured photograph so he can get you know so he can give a autograph to someone, and he'll be like, oh, we don't have any coloured photographs, but we have black and white ones. And then you know the Great Buck Howard, John Malkovich, will just be like, no, you idiot, I got the black and white ones are worthless. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Really terrible. Adam Scott um, basically quits. Uh, very yes, early on, he's uh, like, at the, yeah, if you're at, the, smart, at the end of this first first show, we see we see in the show like that trick that you mentioned, where he goes around and finds the money in the crowd. Colin yeah. Hanks again through voiceover. 
I really hate how much fucking voiceover there is in this film. It feels yeah. very dated, and this film came out in well, 2008, and I feel like it was dated then. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think voice actor voiceovers can be used well. Um, you know, again, a film I love, Clueless uses voiceover. There, there, there are lots of... I think there are examples of films that use voiceover and don't use it in a hackneyed way and don't use it in a way which feels like, oh, the movie is not... Carry, you know, it's not carrying the narrative on in and of itself. It needs something yeah. else to fix it up. But um, no, this this film I agree has a has a poor use of it. So yeah, we um, then kind of like I think this is actually going to be a really short explanation of this, probably. Yes, like because it's it's basically just they go around the country and for the most part, like Buck Howard is a it's slightly delusional in the sense of I think he thinks he's still more important than he is. He thinks he's better than he is. He wants this comeback, and Colin Hanks wants nothing um colin hanks i guess wants to find his career does he do anything does he ever talk about that not really no, no does he, he ever he sort care of, about anything he, yeah he sort of talks about being being kind of taken by buck howard so and especially being taken by this trick at the end where he's like oh ha- that trick always got me how did he do it mm. um he goes to like a show with a bunch of other old performers and stuff yeah. um around 20 minutes into the film we meet tom hanks um who I think was at this show for old performers. Uh, yeah. And Tom Hanks is there as his dad being like, uh, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah. And the great back out is like, oh, your son, he's amazing. I love him. Uh, yeah. And then Tom Hanks is like, yeah, well, I thought he was at law school. Um, they have a little uh, go to each other. Tom Hanks is just basically like, firstly, I feel like I've wasted all my money on your education. If this is what you're going to fucking do, you're just like carrying this guy's bags around. And Mm. also like, you're smarter than this. You're better than this. Uh, And And, and that's a refrain throughout the whole movie. Literally everyone but Buck Howard tells Colin Hanks that he's smarter and better than this job. Yes. Um... Oh goodness, I can't remember what happened. Well, uh, next it, is, oh, it, we, I think we meet Steve. He, we go to the town where he's going to stay for the next forty minutes or so. He's got a big event coming up. Basically. Oh yeah, so ba- basically, like they kind of go through, they continue to do this, blah blah blah. Um, Buck, effectively, um, Buck Howard wants to get on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, um, but but his kind of like manager, who's we see kind of in a couple of scenes, says, "Look, you know, I'm talking to guys in Vegas. I'm talking to the guys in the Tonight Show. They would love to have you on, but you just got to get some more attention. You know, you have to be a big enough name, and at the moment, you're not big enough. You need to do a new tr- trick, right? Have you got any new stuff?" And Buck Howard goes, "Well, I've got this one new trick. I've been working on it. I can do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to Cincinnati because, and as we've seen in they, you know one of the many they love me beforehand, in Cincinnati. Exactly, they love him in Ohio. It's weird I, I, for whatever reason they're obsessed with him in Ohio. So sure." That's like his his Ohio. thing is like he loved in this montage we get this idea that he he's very the same in every single town he always says yeah. oh I love this town oh and all the women who own the theaters are all like similar sort of yeah. women and they all seem to love him um, yeah and he, whatever he has so, the same shtick they go to yeah, Ohio he goes to doing... Cincinnati uh, we meet yeah. Steve Zahn who uh, we've been tracking Steve Zahn uh, a little bit he was in that thing you do for people yeah. who um, don't remember he plays. I, I think my reference point is always he plays uh, Phoebe's first husband, uh, Phoebe's like h- old husband in um, in Friends. Yes. When uh, yeah. Anyway, we've seen him a few times. I just think it's sure. always nice when he comes back. It's yeah. it's clear that uh, Tom Hanks liked him in um, in that thing you do, and he brings him back in other films. Sure. He plays the limo driver in Cincinnati, and we also meet the woman who owns the theatre there, who seems to really like Buck Howard, and also really like herself there's like that he she uh, she wants to help out and like 
and that will come up later. Yeah, I think she wants um, to be a star. So yes. anyway, so Mike Howard's doing a show in one night in Cincinnati, and then day two he's going to be performing his big trick, and they're going to try and get a load of press to do that. So to get the press, we they meet call in Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt, and Emily Blunt Who plays doesn't want to be publicist. Here. Yeah, basically. I think it's either <laughs> someone else is meant to come. I think it was either meant to be Adam Scott. Or it yep. was meant to be, I don't know who, but he basically he didn't want Emily Blunt to show up. Emily Blunt shows up and she hates being here. She's yep. very sarcastic. She can do her job, but like she basically just wants to get drunk. And of course, because she's Emily Blunt and Colin Hanks is the uh, the protagonist, nominally, I guess. Not even nominally. He's just sort of the protagonist of the movie. They have sex. She's dating someone. <laughs> eh, it doesn't really matter. She asks the yep. question that everyone's asking Colin Hanks. Why are you doing this job? You're better than this job. Don't do this job. Yeah. Um, like, oh, I'll uh, be a writer. Uh, she also, I believe, uh, thinks that the great Buck Howard is gay. That's yes. like a running thing. Um, yeah. And also she gets shouted down by him at a dinner. They're all talking about like famous people they've met. And she says, oh, yeah, Jay Leno. I really like him. And he goes, Jay Leno is the worst person I've ever met in my life. You must trust me on this. I've worked with Jay Leno. He is an abhorrent man, clearly just because he's not happy that uh, Jay Leno doesn't invite him onto The Tonight Show. Um, no. Whereas Johnny Carson uh, invited him on The Tonight Show loads. Um so, uh, yep. They then proceed to, you know, for the most part, they kind of try and drum up some uh, press of the event. They don't really manage to get much uh, success. Uh, they, go, they go on a local news show, and it goes yeah. very poorly because uh, the the local news anchor like doesn't really understand. She tries to he tries to do the counting mm. and dropping the coin trick, and she never drops the coin. Um, uh, and yeah, so he gets very very angry about that, and he gets. Sure furious and he blames um colin hanks and, and emily blunt who yeah. uh continue to be fucking uh there's yeah. just sort of cuts back to them having chats being like why are you here he's a dickhead and i think it's important to know for the next just to set up the next bit like all the way through the film when we've been seeing his show like his show seems kind of okay right like he yeah. clearly he clearly is he, you know he can do the mentalist stuff good it's not like he's completely delusional it's not like he's crap people some people do come see him he's still filling out half of the theater not the whole theater yeah but he can do and like his, his 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 tricks entertain the people that are sure. there like exactly. it, it's a perfectly decent mentalist act yeah so on the first night uh he goes to go on stage and they're kind of waiting in the wings. And of course, the lady who uh, had kind of booked him to come had previously asked, can I do a song beforehand? Uh, you know, just to introduce you. And, yeah, Buck and kind of he said, goes, no. no. Uh, I, I'm always introduced by tape. I've got a pre-recorded tape. I play it every single time. And it's like some tape that just goes, oh, he appeared on the Carson show 61 times. Oh, the great Buck Howard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he goes, so he goes, no. Uh, and then she just goes and does it anyway and sings a very bad song. Uh, what what's it a parody of? What's the fucking song? Is it? It's not you. Oh, got do the you, magic it's do you, it's do you believe in magic? Yes. Uh, it's do you believe in magic? Well, great Buck Howard does. Oh god. <laughs> and I th I think she rhymes. She says like um uh, like because I sure do, and he might play the piano. It's yeah. really bad. Sure. Um And and uh, John Malkovich is uh, on the side getting visibly furious <laughs> yes so he then goes out comes back and he's like i'm really pissed get rid of these guys they kind of give the uh steve zahn a like signed black and white photo uh, and says look we're really disappointed you don't come near buck howard anymore blah 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 
Uh, and Steve Dunn is just like, oh, wow, even after we ruined your... Uh, because I think he's like fucking the theatre owner or something. That's like how she got the... I think, he seemed... I think they're yeah. brother and sister. Oh, they're brother... <laughs> I knew they were related in some way. I um, believe they're brother um, and sister. So yeah, that's why he gets kicked off as well. And he's like, oh, even though we ruined your show, you still got me a nice picture. Oh, that's class. Yeah. Um, uh, because as we know, believe... everyone in Ohio is a hick. Uh... Oh, fuck. Oh, oh. Al, you know what would what? have been so funny? Mm-hmm. And I haven't thought of it, but I should have done it. You know how we've got a running joke with a theme song of does Tom Hanks fuck in this film? Yeah. I should have made a new theme song for does Colin Hanks fuck in this film? Because <laughs> Colin Hanks fucks so many times in this film. Because what I was about to say again is Colin Hanks and Emily Blunt go and fuck again. Um, because that's just kind of what they do. Sure. Uh, and then so, we get set up for the big event where he said yeah. he's going to make 900 people fall asleep at the same time so they kind of get in this big room there are a lot of cameras here emily blunt has done her job she gets a load of the press there that's already successful um they then go to uh like all this time colin hanks has been and i think a couple of times has been a right about to quit but for whatever reason he's not been able to he's a bit of a coward he doesn't he really doesn't want to disappoint the great black howard despite the fact that they've never really developed any relationship between the two these two guys so sure okay the, you know, he goes up to um, the this kind of room. They're all there. They're about, like you said, nine, not nine hundred, but but a hundred. I, I, yeah, I I think originally he claims he's going to do it with nine hundred people, yeah, uh, and then it's nowhere near sure. that. It's like a hundred people, um, and then it's one of those things where he, you know, kind of says, "Okay, if I tap you the shoulder, you're going to go out because I don't think it's going to be safe for you or whatever reason." Taps the people, they go out. And he's like, "Everyone else, I'm going to count down from thirty, and at the end of thirty, you're going to fall asleep." Okay, you're going to yeah. fall on the floor. Yeah, it's you're going to be using asleep. suggestion, but sen- sure. uh, basically using very strong. And the cameras suggestion. are rolling. The cameras are rolling, and then all of a sudden, people start to leave. They get a phone call. People check their phones. They start to leave. Meanwhile, people are actually falling asleep. Like all the people mm-hmm. who are in the um, yeah. the experiment are still falling yeah. asleep, but all the media is leaving because all of their phones sure. are ringing. Uh, and, and then it ends- Colin Hanks runs up and goes, "So it turns out that." Jerry Springer got in a car accident yeah. and everyone around here really loves Jerry Springer. Everyone in Cincinnati loves Jerry Springer. So it was kind of really important for the local news. So they had to leave. Well, what I didn't realize, apparently Jerry Springer was mayor of Cincinnati. Yes, apparently so. <laughs> Which, you know, weird. Buck Howard is furious. Uh, everyone's on the floor. And at this point, Jamie, I'm going to, I'll be honest. I thought this was a missed opportunity. Because I honestly thought what he was going to do was leave these people in a coma. And <laughs> no. I thought that would have been way better a twist than this, like, jaded mentalist decide, like, was was spurned by the media and as such turns into a supervillain. And no, instead he doesn't, he wakes everyone yeah, up. And he, you know yeah, he, what? He wakes everyone up by, like, he does wake them up by kicking them. <laughs> yes. He just wanders around, starts kicking people, get the fuck up. Um, and then he gets very angry at all of them uh, and he's like, I'm going to fire uh, Emily Blunt. At this point, mm. um, Emily Blunt goes, well, I wasn't going to show you this, but... You're a prick. So she shows him uh, the magazine that um, the man we saw at the beginning writing a profile on him uh, has written. And it's a really negative profile, like mm. mocking him completely, saying he's washed, saying etc. Um, yeah. This makes Great Buck Howard even more angry and he demands they leave. They go to leave, but then suddenly there's a... <gasps> uh, and they come back uh, and my guy has full on passed out. Oh, yeah. There's someone doing... Um, doing like uh chest uh, pumps on him uh but they're trying to get him up um uh but yeah he's passed out we cut to the hospital um he's in the hospital uh colin hanks goes to visit him 
they have a little chat. I can't remember exactly what they say. Um, Bas- I think basically the 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 idea is that uh, Buckhouse is going to give up. Like, yes. this is it. No one wants to watch it anymore. This is I, th- I think he even chance. says like, oh, you know, even Johnny Carson, like he didn't invite me on for the last like five years of the show. I was always waiting yeah. for him to invite me again. And he never did. But then they turn on the news. And because no one i think the idea is this is what i read on wikipedia i don't think this came across maybe i wasn't paying attention apparently because the media wasn't there and wasn't filming it fully it allowed the rumors of this to make it even bigger than it was that like he had done it to 900 people and it was even better and that there was like one person filming on a cell phone and that's yes. what it says on wikipedia is like okay. the not the media not being there sure. made it an even bigger thing i don't think that comes across in I, the film at all i th- thought what it had been and again it might just be that this was a boring film i therefore wasn't paying enough attention as i ought to have been uh dear yeah. listeners i'm very sorry sometimes when jamie and i watch these movies they're not good movies and therefore they're hard to remember especially when you watch them a week ago but um i, I thought there'd been like one camera left in the room just rolling or yes something, there, there, there definitely is a, a camera left but i think it's like a, a cell phone it's like cell phone footage sure. so it's it's rather than the media reporting on this it's like this yeah. big event that no one knew about and um, whatever basically yeah, sure. yeah it, it, it's blown up he hops out of uh, the hospital bed and it's like yeah. it's time to go it's my time uh and this yeah. is when we get uh the tom hanks opened his contact book and started calling people section uh, uh tom hanks we, just spun his role next <laughs> yes um he starts to go uh around the country he's suddenly big again mm-hmm. he's being interviewed by conan and he doesn't even yeah. know who conan is um and he's, he's going on kelly and regis and all these shows and he he, get, he gets to there's been John something Stewart. about uh, and John Stewart and there's this thing been this thing how he used to be friends with George Takei and some on one of these shows they bring out George Takei and they yeah, sing he sings him a song um, yeah it's a very weird subplot um, but basically this all he's he's being mm. explained as like old hip he's suddenly yeah. hip again and everyone's like oh yeah and they talk Ooh, about so how cool. he's clearly had work done and shit this yeah. all builds to him going on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno he's backstage sure. he's ready to go on the Tonight Show again. He's very yep. excited. But dear mm. Alexander, what happens? Oh, man, he gets bumped. That's right. Yep. Guys, if you don't know how uh, the kind of interview shows work, especially in America, uh, sometimes it happens where they're having these conversations and they go on too long and they just bump the second guest. The second yep. guest who's meant to come out after the, one of the ad breaks never comes out and they don't get to be on the show. And uh, this happens because, to Buck Howard. Yes, because is it Tom Arnold, the comedian? Is that his name? I think so. Maybe? I think it's Tom. So, like some comedian basically goes on too long. And even backstage, the comedian is like, hey, I'm really sorry. I was actually a huge fan of yours. Like, yeah. uh, you were great. You 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 gave me this signed photo back in the 80s and I loved it. Um, and uh, John Malkovich, just like the, 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 the runner of the show is just like, look, hey, we're really sorry. Like, we want to get you back next week. Um, and uh, the John Malkovich just goes off on him being like, I was on Johnny Carson 61 times. Do you know how many times I was bumped? None. Fuck you. You're nothing to me. I hate you. Um, yeah. And then he goes away and he sure. ends up going to Vegas. Vegas. He gets yeah. the Vegas so this, show. Uh, I, think, I think he may have been in Vegas before, but basically... Uh, one of the Vegas casinos, not one of the bigger ones, but kind of like, you know, mid-size, small-size Vegas casinos, like, look, we'll put you up. Uh, the only thing is, uh, we need to, we've done some, like, market research on your show, and we just got some feedback. Do you want to hear the feedback? He's like, eh, you know, sure, okay. Well, the feedback is, you know, they love the magic stuff, but also, and we haven't really mentioned this, but, like, in his show, he normally, like, he plays the piano a bit. He, uh, 
doesn't he does like stand some, up like, or something yeah, like, weirdly. Yeah, just like conversation stuff. It's not all magic. It's like a one man show that also yeah. has magic. Yeah, um, and, and they're, they're like, like yeah, the other stuff. Eh. Yeah, just just focus on you know, what you're good at. Which, to be honest, is good advice. He should have been given many many years ago. Eh. Yeah, I, I. What? We'll, we'll, what, come, we'll come. We'll, we will come back okay. to that when, when, when he goes back because oh, I don't want to okay. spoil any plot points for what's going to happen in sure. about twenty minutes. Anyway, um, but yeah, so, so basically, he got, he does a show in Vegas where he's focusing on just the magic. It's clearly yeah. a different show. He's clearly not enjoying it as mm-hmm. much, and he comes um, to do his uh, his final trick. Sure, and he, he can't uh, do yeah, it. So it's uh, yeah. He goes up. He kind of looks in the crowd. He's looking around and. The first time ever, unlike unlike the the real character, this basin, for the first time ever, he is unable to find the money find for the whatever money. reason. Uh, and we get actually what's what's a in in a film that is quite boring in its cinematography, mm-hmm. quite a nice shot of him like yes. isolated in a uh, spotlight with like all the lamps uh, filling this this Vegas show hall, um, and him just like this real image of you know being alone. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and point, so we cut to sorry, what were we gonna say? Yeah, so th- there's also, like, there's a bit of not voiceover just before this with Colin Hanks saying, like, because he's no longer on the road, he doesn't really need a stage manager. So Colin Hanks is kind of thinking of quitting, basically. Yeah. And I think that's... Uh, yeah, quit. and so we get... A, of- yeah, yeah, we get a hard cut to him meeting with his dad again uh, and him being like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm actually... I'm writing now. Um, yeah. And, and <laughs> Tom Hanks is like, oh, you know, what what kind of writing? Like, for a newspaper? And he's like... No, you know, just like putting some feelers out there. And Tom Hanks goes, mm-hmm. ah, so you mean the kind of writing where you don't get paid? <laughs> and yes. he goes, it's, yeah, it's basically. Also, to his credit, Tom Hanks goes, look, you want to work in entertainment? I get that. Come back home. You work for a year. Go back to law school. And then entertainment law. Yeah, he's not a terrible law. father. No, he just wants his son to have a secure career. And I think uh, all middle class kids uh, know the feeling of your parent being like, "Go to law school. Go to law school. Go to law school. Yeah. Go to law uh, school." Yeah, and and yeah, and he's just like, "Look, like we had to sac. We weren't always like we had to sacrifice. We worked hard, and we did that for you to give you a good life." Um, but yeah, so he's like, "Yeah, I'm working as a T writer." And then we get a voiceover, which is just like, "Well, you know what? Sometimes if you just really follow your passion." luck falls into your lap and he goes and meets emily blunt who's now happens to be working as a publicist for a tv writer and alexander mm. i fucking pissed myself when the message like like this movie with colin hanks tom hanks's son the resolution of his character is that he gets a big role in entertainment because of a connection he already had like yeah. just just straight face just straight face no piece of irony at all the resolution of colin hanks's character is that he gets a job because his girlfriend works in entertainment like fucking hell guys come on but yeah he uh she's working as a publicist for some tv show the guy goes oh hey the guy who runs the show is like oh hey you work with um the great buck howard uh, like I, I used to really like him although i always found out found you know, i found how he did that last trick and he was like oh what really and he goes yeah no i heard you know he has an earpiece in and just has someone tell him which is mm-hmm. a bit disappointing which is something we've heard from emily blunt as well that's what she's claimed um and Colin Hanks just goes, eh, you know, I feel like I would have noticed. I don't believe it. And the guy goes, ah, you're loyal. I like that. Um, <clears throat> so he starts working. Uh, I think there's a tiny sure. resolution to the romance subplot of just like, oh, how's that boyfriend going? Which is really weird that it just like this whole time, it's supposed to be like an illicit affair. <laughs> but yeah. it's never really talked about. And she's just yeah. like, oh, maybe I'll give you a call. And that's the resolution of the romance subplot. Sure. 
uh, we we find out that he carries on working, but one day he sees a. Uh, he's like, oh, I always thought about the buck, great buck Howard, and he sees a uh, newspaper clipping about him doing a show nearby in yeah. another one of these small town theaters he's no longer working in las vegas he's back doing where where he belongs so he says and he meets him backstage sure. um uh i can't do you remember what happens with their conversation backstage not even i, I no uh i, I think they i think they kind of just like oh I what are you doing oh i'm writing blah 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 and then uh john malkovich seems much like happier in general yeah he, He's where he should be. I think he says what happened on the show. Like, did you... I can't remember if he says this out loud or if it's somewhere else, but, like, it's basically said, like, the fact that he wasn't able to do it once almost proves how real the trick was, right? Like, yeah. if it was just fake, why wouldn't he be able to do it that time? Yeah, if it was fake, he'd why be able to do it every it? single time. Sure. Um, he, uh, he, basically asked, he basically asked him, like, did you do it on purpose, I think, and... Yeah, and, and like, he doesn't reveal it. I think he also specifically mentions, like, hey so like do you do it with an earpiece uh and and he goes yeah. oh yeah no that earpiece room that's been going around for ages um and then he goes just just go sit in the crowd mm-hmm. you'll enjoy it um and then so he watches the show and we get to the end um and it, it, we get the voiceover again just explaining yeah. fucking what we're supposed to be seeing like oh and he was back in his element and <laughs> and he was enjoying the show again and then he did his last bit and it was my first time ever doing it seeing it as an audience member but he changed it just for me Oh, oh, and also he's brought back the the songs and the the um, yeah. the comedy, and that's where I'm like, the show seems nice, and the songs and the comedy, it might be a little bit dated, but there's a niceness to that dated that I actually think it's it like I can understand why people would enjoy like the whole thing, not just the mentalism. It was just sure. so that's why that's why okay. I disagreed with you slightly. I I okay. like the idea of like pe- there are just you know there's a simplicity to the persona of having the whole thing and he does a few hokey songs and it's it's cute alongside the mentalism um but yeah so he does the final trick and he brings up two people on stage to look in his ears with torches um uh to prove that he's not wearing an earpiece mm-hmm. uh and so he does the trick again and he's looking around and then we get the voiceover and this is about the only time the voiceover is used well with colin hanks doing like a really sad like uh you know i couldn't even watch because I knew he wasn't going to be able to do it. Maybe, you know, this time it really was, it, it's really over for him. He just, whatever happened in Vegas, it changed yeah. him and he'd really not be able to do it anymore. And then mm-hmm. he walks up to someone and he goes, sir, give me the money. And the guy goes, I don't have it. And then he Uh-oh. goes, sir, please take the money out of your right breast pocket. And he does. Oh, oh. shit. The film faked you out. He actually could do it in Vegas. He just didn't yeah. want to or whatever. Um, uh, and then uh, it goes back him to on stage celebrating. And, and Colin yeah, Hanks going that's... and and then it fucking cuts to black. And and I was Alexander. I was furious. I was so angry. I want to talk about this end so much. I'm so fucking angry. But uh, <laughs> uh, before we do that, uh, there's then uh, a little slide saying uh, the great Buck Howard is based on this bloke who uh, mm. to this day still no one knows how he did that trick or whatever. Sure. So I hate this ending. I have average thoughts about the film in general. <laughs> I think the film's fine. I'm going to mock it profusely for a few obvious things. Um, but I quite like John Malkovich in this. I think John Malkovich is good in most things he does, and I think he makes this film watchable because he makes a very interesting character in The Great Buck Howard. But 
fuck this ending with a fucking pattern. How dare they not tell us how the trick is done? Fuck them. Fuck this movie. What? It makes what? me so no what? no uh, no Sorry. because no this is I, the I am thing to take yes, issue no the I am I am so passionate about this. I think it is a bullshit move not to tell what? us how it's done. Now here's my what? thing. Here, I, no, I will explain it. I will explain it. I think it is an absolute fucking cop out and it's bullshit. I get that it's based on a real bloke. Whatever. If I watched that real bloke's magic show, and I, I will say this, I like magic. I genuinely am someone who enjoys the craft of magic. I like watching magicians. I like watching mentalists. I really like watching Darren Brown. And I can watch Darren Brown and not have to have him tell me how he did it. Because I'm like, oh, that's super interesting that he was able to do that. Mm-hmm. In this film, the answer to how it was done is yeah. it wasn't fucking done. Because it's a movie. And they did so. The writers didn't come up with a way how of how this trick was done. Sure. This trick was not done. John Malkovich did so, not Jenny, do this trick. That's, it, sh- it's sure, when Tom Cruise jumps off a building, often he's not actually jumping off a building. But it's, he is. <laughs> first, 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 firstly, okay, bad example. example Tom Cruise example. often is. But no. But specifically with magic, the whole the whole enjoyment so, of it is. Okay. Oh. How was it done? Like, even if you don't know sure. how it's done, like the under... So this film, yeah, yeah. the answer to how it was done in this film is it wasn't. And it's fucking lazy by the well, writers. They did not well, come well, up with a way of how this trick was done. No, I, look, look, no, I, I okay, I, and, I, I really strongly, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, right? So the, and and the, I would like the, to, the I would ex- like to add that in sure. most other films about magic, like, for example, The Prestige, the whole point, The Prestige, very similar film. There is a big trick that, like, is throughout the film, it's like, oh, how is it done? And at the end of the film, they show you how it's done because no, that's okay, the interesting sure, part sure. of magic. So, so let, let's let's talk about like the two extremes of films about. Uh, I guess the two extremes, and then also fantasy, very quickly, right? So, obviously, fantasy movies like Harry Potter, magic happens. Don't need an explanation for it. Why can Harry Potter do magic? Because he's a wizard. That's a big explanation. Yes, you don't absolutely. need anymore, right? That's on its own. Fully In terms of like real life magicians and like stagecraft and all that kind of stuff, it kind of goes into the weird two camps, right? One camp is the prestige, in which case, in which in shot we have some magic tricks being done. So that there, you know, there are, there are actual magic tricks in the show, which are filmed and they work. So that's a real form of magic, and they show us that. So that's quality; we can feel it. And the second thing is um, there is, of course, the the bigger thing at the end, which I'm not going to spoil the prestige. But yeah, they they show us the mechanics for it because the yeah. film is about magic, right? It's yeah. about stagecraft is about performance this rivalry but in part it's about magicians and what they do yes on the other extreme ex- uh, the other extreme you have now you see me a movie in which all the I have magic not seen they it to do, be fair but then, carry on sure a movie which i've seen it twice now and it's, it gets worse every time but they're meant <laughs> to be magicians but none of the magic they do is vaguely possible as magicians and at the end they're like maybe magic is real which is also confusing because they weren't they weren't magic for most of the movie so that, those are the two extremes of yes. like and of and movie this magic. this film ends on the like like that's what I the the conclusion sure. of this film is maybe the great Buck Howard is actually magic like that's what they are leaning towards with like Colin Hanks's voiceover is like oh maybe I had to believe like there was actually some and that's bullshit but, I hate that no, I hate but, that with a passion so, so so here's here's where I gently disagree with you I get where you're coming from gently to strongly disagree with you <laughs> is that like the whole point of the end section is he is an audience member right yeah it's not meant it's not meant to be like the movie the movie itself is not at all not about magic or uh, mentalism all that stuff really at all other than its main character is like that so in the same way that like i don't know joker's not about stand-up comedy 
Um, like, <laughs> this is not about magic, although there is someone in it who does magic tricks, does mentalist tricks. And yeah. the end, specifically, is he is an audience member. He is meant to, having been backstage the whole time, having, like, seen this guy do his stuff, he is now immersed in the world of Buck Howard, right? He gets what other people think. Having seen Buck Howard as this, you know, terrible, monstrous, almost terrible, almost monstrous character all the way through who, you know, is awful, you know, is rude, who's abusive to his staff. He goes on and he's watching the stage and he, and he falls for it. He, he he kind of, it wins him over. He, he gets why people love, he gets why yep. Buck Howard is the great Buck Howard. And that's yep. the point of the end, Jamie. I, yeah, it's no, not, no, it's, I'm not, it, I'm not saying I... <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't get the point of the end. I just think it's dumb. I think I like the more I think about it, the more it infuriates me because it's sure. just lazy. They like like th- th- I get that. Yes, it's maybe not all like, but it is about magic. It's about a magician, and at its core, the enjoyment of magic is oh, how was it done? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I have to know how it was done, sure. but the thinking about how it could have been done, what was the solution? That's what that's so, what magic makes enjoyable. And they've built up the whole time. The entire movie, it's like narrative thread is built upon how was this last trick done? And the answer to that question is there is no fucking answer. There, there is no, no answer to that I, question. And that's infuriating. So I, 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 two things. I get where you're coming from in terms of like how that like they've built up to this because they, they they definitely have yeah. like in terms of like a payoff uh, build up and payoff whatever it's called yeah like in a uh, script there's definitely that there's definitely how does he do it i've heard he does it x y z way i think part of the issue is that i think one that's not great because everyone thinks he does it in exactly the same way which yes. is a, a bit crap and like i think two it, i agree that the end doesn't it, they use a lot of narration and like the end doesn't use narration at all to like like have even just say even if just i agree with you that even if colin hanks had just said how does he do it and it ended on that that would get the experience of magic a bit better and i i i definitely agree with you on that I'd at, like, the same, I, at the same time okay. i don't think they needed to show explicitly this is the mechanics of how it's done because we've never seen stuff from Buckhouse's perspective, right? The the whole thing has been from Colin Hanks' perspective, and Colin Hanks doesn't really care about magic vaguely. So yeah, I, but but it, oh, I just no, I, fair enough. I like, I, I, I like I, I, I the more I think about it, like it, it I think at its core, the the annoying mm-hmm. part to me is sure. that there isn't an answer because I yeah. think that and I I hate. You know, on this show, we don't like to criticize people who make films too much because we know it's hard. But I will get on to why I think a lot of this sure. film is clearly quite lazy. Well, so, um, so, uh, basically, uh, for new views of the show, we're going to move on to yes. uh, kind of a ranking now. Um, what we do is we rank it on uh, three ranks. Uh, so one, how good is the thing out of five? Two, how good is Tom Hanks out of five? Uh, three, uh, you know, the Tom Hanks dick meter. How much a dick is Tom Hanks in this film? And then separately, we decide whether or not it goes in our Hanks bag. Yes. Um, um, so outside uh, of the ending, which I genuinely genuine. angers me yeah. so much, and and I think it's also because I because I like magic. I don't, I don't sure. know how much of a well, experience you have with magic, but like because I like magic, that means I like exploring the idea of sure. how something is done. Well, um, I, I, I like fancy magic. 
more than I like. You know, I like magicians. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think other than Alyssa, I don't know anyone who doesn't like magicians. Alyssa is uh, afraid of clowns uh, and is therefore <laughs> also afraid of magicians. Uh, I'm not quite sure of the link between the two, but there is definitely a link between the two. In mind. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, it's. I, Did you just short I, I, circuit? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, my brain just stopped. But you mentioned it a second ago, right? Like, we don't like slagging up people who made films. Um, look, to all the cameramen, to all the, you know, th- in terms of the, the craft of making a film, right? They made a film. That's an achievement. Congratulations. Sure. Um, my, but at the same time, a book, yeah. cannot, a book cannot be good. And it's okay to say that book is not good. Yes. And, like, um, so it, I'm going to continue to criticize. Yes. Yeah, the, well, the script The script is lazy. The script is, is, is not good. I'm so the, the the biggest thing me. about this film is this was bring your son to work day. Like I'm I'm sorry, Tom Hanks, I love you, but yeah. this film was bring your son to work day, and it and it's painfully obvious. I'm not to even say Colin Hanks is bad. I read I think Colin Hanks is fine in this film. Colin Hanks is actually really good in in Fargo. I think he's a very good actor. Sure. But this was hey son, I got you a birthday present. I wrote you a movie, and you're gonna make out with Emily well, Blunt. Well, well <laughs> the good news is uh, nepotism. Uh, with nepotism is that of course talent is genetic uh, so, so that, that we, it's always really good but um, yeah no I agree like look Colin, I, I don't even know if it's like Colin Hanks is bad in this film so much as the role is the, the role is not good it's, no, he's, it's, he's, it's boring no one cares I don't care about yeah, him at all it's I, I think the issue is and if I were to go to this writer or whatever and, you know if, I was to, if someone said remake this film how would you remake it the issue is is like Colin Hanks' character in this movie is a bit like uh, Nick in The Great Gatsby, right? Like, he's kind of this person who sees this other more interesting character, and that's the way we perceive the, the, the Great Black Howard. We see the Great Black Howard from Colin Hanks' perspective. And, the issue, and it, it's almost, it's quite Gatsby-ish in a way, in that kind of sense. But, like, all the way through, he's like, I want to be a writer, you know, what do I want to do in my life? I don't want to be a lawyer, I'm letting my dad down, I want to be something. Yeah. But it's never like we see him write anything. It's never nope. like we see him give anyone some stuff. It's never other than Emily Blunt. He doesn't really have a relationship with Buck Howard. He's afraid of the guy. Yeah, he's slightly in awe of the guy, but he never talks about you know I want to be in show business. What's showing? He never has any honest any kind of emotional conversations with him. It's not. It's not even like Gatsby in that sense, right? At least in that sense, like Nick idolizes. Um, Gatsby here it's it's really just he's there because he needs a job and he sort of just perceives him and that is disappointing the, the, yeah. the character has no arc other than he kind of quits law school and, and he has no and, arc and then at the end of the film via connections he gets his dream job plumped in his lap and the the severe irony of that is just shocking to me that that they that they wrote that i ge- i genuinely w- i could not believe that no I, um and, but and also especially considering he's never written a script in the entire thing no he's never he's never like had had all the way through and again you and me right now we're making a remake of great black howard yeah you would have probably had the character write a script about buck howard midway through the thing which he then shops around which then by the like by the time you get to the kind of the climax the climax is actually like he's in vegas but buck howard finds out that his road manager has been shopping around a like a you know probably kind of a little bit nasty script about him right 
Yeah. Because at least that would provide some growth for both characters and some kind of conflict between these two main characters instead yeah. of what actually happens, which is nothing. The, the, you yeah. Know, the Buck Howard goes on a whip over a roller coaster of career and Colin Hanks watch. Watches. Yeah. And the, the, the biggest indictment I can have of this film is it's 90 minutes and it felt long. Yep. Like that, that is yep. impressive. We've always <laughs> talked about like, I love a 90 minute film. Yeah. I could not believe that this film felt like it dragged at such a tight, it's, such it's a, a tight runtime. Now, yeah. having said that, I will get onto yeah. my score. I'm actually, you're going to be surprised. I'm going to give it a three. Oh. Be- and that is purely because oh. I think John Malkovich is very good in this film. I, despite everything I've said about it, I didn't like it. I think this film is eminently watchable because I really liked the character that John Malkovich created. He takes, does something which I think is genuinely quite difficult in taking a mm-hmm. villainous and bad person that you still kind of want to root for and by the end feel sympathetic for. Like he is a dick throughout the film, but because sure. of something that John Malkovich is doing, he you want to like him you want him and when you see him back in his element at the end you feel happy you feel like oh this i like seeing this man back in his element making people happy doing what he loves so in a film that inspired so little passion from me in anything else i i genuinely really liked uh john magovich's performance so i'm gonna give it a surprising three i think i might be scoring it high still yeah I, i i feel that's high but obviously you know Different strokes for different folks. Um, look, I, I I'd realistically give this a two. Like I think I think Malkovich, Malkovich is fine. I'm gonna be honest. I've never really gotten John Malkovich as a performer, which sounds dumb. Oh. Like I like him in being John Malkovich, but and like you know a few other things here and there. But I, for me, he's best in roles slightly like this, where he's kind of the villainy, cruel kind of guy. But it's always felt a bit one note for me and I, and I know that's you know obviously not fair and I know, I know that's obviously like the majority of people who like films would disagree with me but I, it just it normally doesn't work that much for you like I think he's good I don't, I don't ever watch a film and think oh god bloody John Malkovich is in it I, I just you know for me it never necessarily elevates the stuff so I, I think he gives a good performance in this but I do just think overall the, the film is a poor film Really, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, not it, it's not terrible. It, it's not like it's a not. It's not good. My three is my three is very high, yeah. but, um, but I, here's, it's here's not the thing. Good. I think if you were to give it a, a a letter rating, what letter would you give it? Like a C plus. Sure. So I, I give it like, like a C minus, which is why I fall into like a two, right? Like yeah, it's, it's I, ju- fine. I just um, you know if I can recommend you a film. Uh, to make you like John Malkovich, uh, it's Rounders, which is a film all about poker, which might completely mm-hmm. bore you, but it's got Matt Damon in it, and John Malkovich plays the villain. Okay. And I, I, I fell in love with him as an actor from that film. He's, sure. as you say, he's a, he's just a fantastic villain. He, he's he, a good villain. He, he's very, he, he makes very a very likable villain, um, which I love. He does. Um, and actually, to be fair, I say that, but of course, I, I love John Malkovich uh, in uh, classic film, of course, uh, Con Air. Uh, and you know <laughs> yeah. what? He's great in Connor. So, so I'm um, giving credit for that. Tom Hanks' performance. Um, I mean, how? Who are we to say he didn't realistically play to Colin Hanks' dad? <laughs> He's good. He play. He he very much seems like a dad in this. He plays yeah. a dad very well. He plays a dad to Colin Hanks very well. Weirdly, I would say Colin Hanks doesn't really seem much like his son, but 
he no. seems very much like Colin Hanks's dad. He, sure. We know he plays a dad very well. I, yeah. I thought he was perfectly fine. He's only in two scenes. Uh, I'll give him a four. I'll give him a three. It was fine. I have no feelings towards it whatsoever. Um, also, we haven't really talked about it because we've... Uh, it, but Colin Hanks's voice is very different from Tom Hanks's voice and yet all very similar. I can't explain it. He doesn't what's, sound what's, like Tom Hanks, but he no, sounds no. like Tom Hanks. What I find interesting is I think it's maybe the cadence is a bit like Tom yes. Hanks, but actually yeah. I think his voice sounds more like Jason Bateman's. Um, I think his yes, voice sounds yeah, a yeah. lot like Jason Bateman's. Yeah, but, but yeah, I think Hanks-y it's right. It's, it's like the rhythms of the speech is more is more Hanksy. Um, yeah, uh, and the Tom Hanks dick meter. I think we might fall on very different uh, sides of the spectrum here. So I, I want to hear what you say first. Um, in the sense of his son uh, wants to be a writer and yet has never written anything, and in fact ends up getting a job without having written anything. Um, you know what? I think Tom Hanks's dad is, sorry, Colin Hanks's dad, Tom Hanks, of course, is absolutely fair to push him into law school because <laughs> at least it's something to do. This guy is like, I don't know what to do with my life. That, which is absolutely fine. There's, hey, I am currently, you know, in Canada, like trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing in my life. So that's absolutely fair enough. But like this guy being like, oh, I'm going to drop out just before I finish, you know, like a, a year, in, two years into law school. I'm going to drop out and I'm going to do nothing. It's not like he's pursuing a dream. It's just that he doesn't want to do law school and like at least finish your blood, like get the degree and yeah. then go do whatever you want. Right. Like I, I don't think Tom Hanks is that bad. He's disappointed in the fact that he's probably dumped. I don't know at this point, maybe 150 grand into his son's more than 150 grand. Probably with having to do an undergraduate as well you know, several hundred thousand to maybe even half a million dollars into his son's education, he's pissed that his son quit without any idea of what he wanted to do other than vaguely, I want to be a writer, but also I haven't written anything. I have nothing to show. Like, hey, I, I, I like writing too. I wouldn't quit my day job until <laughs> I had something to like show for it. Yeah. And I, yeah, so, so I, I think like a one. Like, yeah, I genuinely, I'll give him a zero. I think, I think he is absolutely right. I think his son is a dick. I think he yeah. should push him into law school. Um, I think he is right to be angry that he has wasted his money. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I fully do not think he is a dick at all in this film. Um, but perhaps that uh, belies my middle class upbringing more than anything. Um, and uh, what I think is a relatively easy question, Alexander, is this going in your Hanks bank? No. No, of course it isn't. Um, so, when things don't go in our Hanks Banks, uh, we do something which I forgot. I we haven't mentioned at all. Um, we uh, we uh, need to choose something else that's going to save humanity this week. You might be thinking, if this is your first episode, save humanity. What the fuck does that mean? Go listen to the Simpsons movie episode. We go very deeply into the lore of the aliens and how the aliens are coming to destroy Earth, and we need to prove our mm. worth to them to join the United States of space. And this week, if we're not presenting to them uh, the movie The Great Buck Howard, what are you going to hold, come begging, knee on your knees, open-armed, offering to the aliens to say, don't kill us this week? Um, so I know I've talked about this before. I don't think I put it in my Hanks bank yet. Uh, if I have, I people write in. I, you keep I'll on saying we put, this in our, we put these things in our Hanks bank. I don't think that's what we do. I, okay, well, I think we yeah, <laughs> we throw it up to the aliens. We're like bounce, yeah. whoop, boom, and we throw it over to them. Um, of course, is the uh, the NHS uh, Catch Five K app. Uh, uh, of course, specifically with a voice track narrated by Olympian Michael Johnson. Um, 
I started doing this six weeks ago. Yesterday, I managed to, for the first time, I think in my life, but definitely since I was like 10, run for 20 minutes straight. Uh, and it's entirely down to this app. I'm really proud of myself. It's a small thing I'm proud of because I hate exercise. If anyone knows me, they know that I really don't like exercise. Uh, I would recommend anyone who is bored and wants to learn to run, do it. Yeah, the Catch a 5K app is great. That'll save humanity this week. Um. Oh, I know what I hadn't come up with something, but I remembered that last week I promised that I would come and uh, give my review of the Sherlock Holmes board game. Uh, yes. So I am presenting to the aliens the Sherlock Holmes board game. It's basically close reading uh, as a game, but it's great fun. Ooh. You get given newspapers and 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 uh, and a story of. Uh, Someone has died, and then you can listen to the story and think, "Oh, I want to go and talk to Mr. Koblinski that he mentioned." You look up Mr. Koblinski in the directory, and then you go and you have a chat to Mr. Koblinski, see what he says, and you can also read a newspaper and see, "Oh, is there any newspaper clippings that might help me to uh, to decide this?" And you can also look at the map of London and be like, "Oh, could he have had time to get from West Dimbleby Street to to North Town to?" Uh, to commit the crime it's great fun me and my girlfriend have, uh, have been really enjoying it uh, so that's what me, me and all the aliens and all the baby yodas we're going to sit down uh, and we're going to solve a few mysteries together um, so yeah that's what's going to save humanity this week uh, and yeah I've, I've, I've run out of steam Alexander what, oh, yeah. what, what, what do we do normally at this point it's, in the it's, show it's, it's very it, warm it, here I'm sweating it, it, oh it's it, it's it's uh, definitely a little bit hot in this room too uh, look here's what we do guys alright First of all, you're going to go follow us on some stuff, all right? You're going to go follow Jamie at uh, Jamie P. Loxton on Twitter. Uh, you're going to go follow me at Al underscore C's underscore stuff on Twitter. You can also follow us on Twitter uh, at HagsBankPod, which in where we tweet about the show. Uh, you also, and this is very important, you're going to go on Facebook and you're going to go invite everyone you know to like the uh, HagsBank uh, page on Facebook. I think that's just HagsBank if you look it up. It should be there. Uh, give us we like we post content there and sometimes some videos and stuff so give it a go uh, you can also follow us on uh, instagram at hanksbank um and i don't think it's at hanksbank i yeah, think it it's at i think it's at hanks underscore bank something um, like that it's definitely not just at hanksbank and i don't know why it's not just at hanksbank i feel like at hanksbank it's is probably at, sorry, definitely- it's at hanks underscore bank um, i feel like at hanksbank is definitely available i don't know why you didn't just make it at hanksbank Oh no, Hanks Bank is not available. <laughs> there is a, a proxy oh. account um, with zero posts, zero followers, and following one person that links to the website hanksbank.me, which is not a website that exists. Damn it. Interesting. Curious. Curious. So we need to go and murder that person so we exactly. can get the at Hanks Bank uh, uh, name back. Otherwise, what I want you to do, of course, uh, I want you to go onto your friends' phones. I know that's hard to get, right? If you, you're locked indoors, you don't have any friends, you know, nearby. So maybe steal your parents' phones. Maybe steal your little brother's phones. Maybe you buy your five-year-old cousin who's quarantining when you quarantining with you a phone, and then you download all over sixty episodes of this podcast. Right? That's what you do, babies. You go in and you download all the episodes. Then we love you forever. Download all the episodes. All right, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it. You know, keep it frosty, guys. Go outside, make sure you're <laughs> wearing some masks if you're in a mask-wearing area. Uh, maybe throw some, you know, bricks at ducks. Don't throw bricks at ducks. That's animal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck if you If you have radiated dogs, shoot radiated dogs. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. That was, that was behind the spoiler wall, Alexander. You didn't warn them to skip people 30 People don't know seconds. what that's a spoiler for. It's fine. <laughs> 
Oh, before you spoil anything else, I would suggest any more people abuse animals. From me, Jamie, and my co-host, Al, that's one more ep in the bank. Nothing this week? It's not Anything? an animal use of the radiated, okay? And it's not a spoiler if it's history, Jamie. It's not a spoiler <laughs> if it's real, all right? Hans Bank.